0: You can become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. You get a monthly newsletter as well as occasional early access to some projects and get to help choose our summer series. Uh, check out it all out over at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Now we're going to go ahead and get into this week's episode of Squadron. Now, I do feel like this episode I should give a little bit of a warning before. Usually most of the programs we play on here, if they were aired on television, they'd be uh, rated TVG or PG. This one I definitely feel would be more like a TV-14. There are a couple things in here that I'm just going to say listener discretion is advised. And the title is Body Found in a Plastic Bag.
1: Quadroom, the second floor of a precinct house. On duty desk, Lieutenant John Douglas and Detective Sergeant Herb Allen.
2: You stay where you are, mister. Be right down. Herb, wet one, river, reservoir man uh, spotted a sack, a big plastic sack. Body in the sack. Sign us out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
3: did all officers honest that's my job here to fish this fish,
1: fish in a reservoir
3: keep it clear big items float in from the aqueduct big items in the inlet have to be careful they clog the screens fishing with that long pole you caught this, this. bag yes sir this big plastic bag all my years here i never hooked in anything like this i pulled at it got a hook pulled it in pull a lot of items in huh well what more
1: you untied it
3: sure i untied it that's an extra source of income officer well, what was the bag tied with? This copper wire hooked into the bag? Broke. Tossed it right behind. When I see anything in the current that could be salvaged, well, I, uh, half my house was furnished with salvage when I used to work out at the waterfront. How'd I know? How'd I know there was a stiff
2: in it? You radio the coroner?
1: Ten minutes. Tech goes on the its way. of a
2: man all cut up in pieces and without the head. Till they get here, Herb. Uh, take the left bank. I'll take the right to uh, see what we can find on the canal banks along the way. Right. Just a minute. Uh, Stay right here.
3: But I'm off now. I tagged the stiff right at the end of my shift. Go ahead, Harp. You, like you, Lieutenant. Say, I'm a city employee too. Find you something? Is that the thanks? I take pills for my stomach.
2: These pieces in the bag—they got me all upset. You live right here, don't you? At the Waterworks. I want to take a look inside where you bunk. <laughs> Stand guard over that bag, the, the body in the bag. I'll be in here, keeper's house.
3: Well, what do you expect to see?
2: Where'd you get this wire here, standing here in the hall? I
3: had to get this wire,
2: some of this wire to pull the bag
3: in from the river. That plastic bag was heavy.
2: You didn't tell us
3: that before? I was so excited, I
2: guess I forgot. Let's go in, rest of the house. You let us think the plastic bag came with the copper wire wrapped around it. What's this?
1: Your bedroom? It's open. My bedroom. Lieutenant. Sergeant. Tarn is here. No sign to head up or down the canal. What? What went on in here?
3: What do you mean, what went
1: on? The walls. Look at the walls of this room. Blood? On the walls, but... What, well, what do you call this? Paint? Here. On the floor. It's still a little wet. And here, on the bedspread.
2: Guess you forgot to tell us about this, too. Like you forgot about the wire outside around the mutilated body.
3: My uh, wife, yeah. uh, she and me, we uh, fight yeah. last night.
1: That's the body of a man. What's left of a man cut up in that bag outside.
3: She and me, it's like a season. A season comes in, it comes and goes. I mean, there's good times, there's bad times. Makes sense. Maybe it's here, living here. I'm the caretaker. You guys know that's in my job. Not only to work a shift, but to reside. To live here on the grounds. It's the damp odor, maybe. I don't know.
1: Where's your wife now?
3: How it starts, it's hard to figure. But last night, she got the needles out. Not real needles, but with a mouth. And she starts, she starts in on me. I'm a water rat, I'm a scavenger, so on. fact that she's wearing a lot of things that I fished out, that don't matter. So we fight. She hits me with a shoe. I hit her back with the other one. Yeah, here. My arm. See the cut where the blood dried? I guess she got one over her eye. Where she is, I don't know. It's the season. Maybe out of mothers, maybe her old mate's sister. She'll be back. She went out after we had the fight.
2: You expect us to believe
3: that caused all this blood sprayed all over this bedroom?
2: How do you spell your name?
3: Reef R W E F E. Last name's Collie, like a
2: dog. Take him out, Sergeant. And ask Sergeant Gross, of technical, to get in here and give us a group on this blood. I just want to ask you one question: Who telephoned
3: you? Who telephoned to report a a, a cut up body in a bag?
2: Take him in. See if we can locate his wife.
4: Let's take a moment to think of the world we live in, of just how small it really is. Today's transportation makes it possible to see much of the world. So, let's say that you are about to visit the fascinating island of New Caledonia for the first time. This small subtropical island of the French Republic, roughly 250 miles long by about 30 wide, is in many respects a paradise, located only 750 miles across the Coral Sea from Australia. New Caledonia has been the home of Frenchmen for more than a century, but few Americans had been there prior to World War II. During the war, many personnel of the United States Armed Forces either passed through or were fortunate to be stationed there. The English explorer Captain Cook first sighted the island in 1774. Its mountainous appearance reminded him of the Scottish coast, so he gave it the name of New Caledonia, Caledonia being the Latin word for Scotland. In 1853, the French took control and it's been a French colony ever since. Travelers visiting the island usually say that it's more like Australia or Southern California in climate and living conditions than the South Sea Islands as we usually think of them. Even the vegetation is comparable in some respects. What makes this dot of land in the vast Pacific a paradise is the wonderful fishing and hunting opportunities and the lack of extreme heat, humidity, dangerous wild animals insect pests, or fevers that make life so difficult in the real tropics. New Caledonians are a friendly people, and the best way to get along on their island, as anywhere else, is to be courteous and considerate. Above all, respect their customs, their laws, and their privacy. For remember, the only way to have a friend is to be one. Now, back to squad room. Here we go.
2: Uh, okay. All right, there's nothing more here till daylight. I want a two-man guard on the canal till the divers get here in the morning. The rest of you, uh, knock it off, get back to the house. All right, all right, all right.
1: Yes, sir? Tarnal will give you a service. I promise it's a preliminary
2: by morning. Concentrate on picking up the waterkeeper's wife.
5: I don't know anything about parts of a dead man.
2: Let me see your. Uh, no. Over your eye.
1: You should see a doctor.
5: a psychiatrist, not for me, for him.
1: The lady's unhappy in a marriage. Oh. The lady substantiates his story.
5: But I, I wasn't hiding out, you know, or anything like that. I, I was just taking a vacation from him at my mother's. We did, we did go at each other. We have these fights regular. I suppose he told you it's me, it's my fault, because of his job. Well, it isn't. It's what the job did to him. It's not that I object to the water, the location. The city gives us free rent. It's an honest living. But when Reef and me got married, he had plans, ambition. Now all he does, he lies awake nights, dreaming of what he might find tomorrow in the inlet. You see, this watch, this pin, this earring, they all come out of the water. What on your
2: bedroom walls, on your bedspread, on the bedroom floor.
5: The fight, yes, sir.
2: The blood's being tested not I?
5: Honest, I gave it to Reef and he gave it back,
2: that's all. T.S., a matron. A uh, call downtown, women's detention. She's got a bad cut over her eye. Just one, yes, for overnight.
1: All right, lady. Till the blood group tests.
5: I'm being locked up.
1: Any of those chairs in the back till the matron comes for you, please. Uh, bad, it's bad, Herb.
2: Ah. Uh, up, I'm putting 50 men out on those reservoir banks. And the divers are going down. We've got to identify that murdered man. There isn't much you can do without a head, You're living or dead.
1: Lieutenant, what, Herb? Uh, it's no
2: use. No sign of it. Knock it off, then, for a bad job.
1: Answer it. The... Ah. Busy, busy. Only one foot away. Yeah, always busy when there's a case we can't cinch. Reports, reports. We got the greatest collection of writers. Report writers on this squad. I'm going to get you guys out on our bricks. Hello, Sergeant Allen. Oh, Why do you bring me all the way back here? You know I get all this cooperation in the room. Send a coroner's report up. Does the great stone face know it's in? Good. I heard that. Lock me up, Lieutenant.
2: Finally got the coroner's report.
1: Sergeant Harris just called. That was his call.
2: Do you want to hear this report? From the coroner? I know that. Torso of a man weighing 155
1: to 165 pounds. Sergeant Allen. Who? Hurry that up. Well, send a man up. Man, 155 to 165 pounds. His left
2: arm, extremely brown, indicating he drove truck or a car and kept his arm out the window. He should have been about 5'9, had a big black mole on right shoulder. Anything about the blood type? Uh, type O. His coloring was probably blonde or brown. In the water, 30 to 36 hours. What about the prints?
3: Lieutenant, can I see the lieutenant?
2: Fingers too shriveled Thank from the water. They're going to try blowing air in or
1: wax buildup and special spoon. Over here. desk here. This man wants to see us. I'm Sergeant Nell. This is the lieutenant.
3: I am uh, Chris Wilson. I have a boy, Gerald. He's 30. He's missing. Yes? In the papers over the radio, I heard about that case where you can't tell for sure because the body was. Uh, I'm afraid it might be. Sergeant. The...
1: Sergeant. Yeah, sit. Uh,
3: Gerald is married. He and his wife they have been living in Glenwood. They decided a week ago to come back here. You he should have been here four days ago.
2: Describe your boy. How much did he weigh?
3: Long about 160.
2: Was he dark,
3: fair? Blonde. I, I found a, a large dark stain in the dirt in my driveway. I don't know how it got there. It looks like blood. It disturbs me, that stain. I'm afraid my boy was killed there at night as he was arriving to come home. And, and, and maybe the killers, they took away his wife.
1: What do you think, Herb? General description fits. Let him draw up. Envelope? Here. Come on, Mr. Wilson, show me your house.
3: Well, nothing else. It seems out of place. I don't know how it got there, and it does look like blood.
1: Mm hmm. We'll have the blood checked. Yes. Well, there's no other signs of violence, inside or
3: outside. You were all over my place. When will you know on the blood?
1: We're anxious, too, Mr. Wilson. Sit tight. I can go? That's right. Blood in your bedroom didn't type. The wife? Just released. Woman detention downtown.
3: Sending her home?
1: Come on, come on, out. I gotta lock this cage. She's gonna
3: go home?
1: Yes, Mr. Collie, home. Oh. Come on, out. That's your problem, not mine.
2: Dirt from the driveway shows blood. Wrong type. Fine. Our only hope for a positive identification is to find
1: the head. T.S., get me R&I. And if they finally did pull prints from the fingers, maybe the FBI doesn't have them on a file. Hello? Yes? You have? Uh, yes,
2: hold. Uh, pencil. It's a make. Yeah. Shoot. The break. About time. Turn. I got the address. We go. Thanks. Thanks very much, Mr. Stern. Yeah, Lieutenant? The address the FBI had in the fingerprint file is this address. That's his father inside. Father hasn't seen his son Fred in two years. Gave me his son's address, 32 Pelham Drive. Offices. You're Mrs. Fred Stern? Oh.
1: We want to talk to you. About Fred. Uh, where is Fred, Mrs. Sting?
2: Oh,
5: he left me a week ago. Said it was the end. Said he was going to Chicago.
1: Have you read the papers lately? Yes. Curious about the torso found at the waterworks?
5: Should I be? I mean, I don't get this.
1: Ever occur
2: to you your husband might have met foul play?
5: Huh?
2: He did. He's dead.
5: You sure? Sure it's Fred?
2: Fingerprints.
5: We were married three years. He drove buses at one time. For the last year, he drove a cab. He was irresponsible. He loafed. I, I work in a cotton mill. I only make one sixty-five an hour, but that's more than him. The man wouldn't work steady. He loafed. Ran me up bills. I was after him. I was always after him to get a steady job. Ran me up bills on my good name, my credit. Naturally, that made me mad. That's why we argued. He left.
1: Lock you, car.
2: Let's go look in the house first.
5: Is taking me somewhere? It's locked.
2: Anything else you want to tell us?
5: Yes. When we were married, he bought me a set of rings and a watch for himself. Expensive. You know, he charged them to me. The jewelry store, they came after me. I almost lost my job. It's open, you can go in. Three years, that's how it's been.
2: Is that why you killed him?
5: I said it's open. You can go in.
1: Yes, this cop, saw, and this hammer. They were out on the back porch. Clean, but they look like they got traces. Well?
5: Uh, I'll start at the beginning. I came home from work Wednesday night. He's wearing more new clothes. Charged them, he said, but he kept hollering for me to go to sleep. At midnight, we did, but he got up in the middle of the night, goes down to the basement and starts working his power tools. I couldn't sleep. I got up and called down. He started to hammer things. I yelled, he came charging upstairs and abused me. I, I couldn't stand it. I paid for all those fancy tools. He never built anything. Put the hammer down on the sink. I picked it up, went behind him. I, I hit him, and he fell down. Oh, there'd been... If there was any chance of saving him, but I, I listened, there was no heartbeat. He was dead. I, I went down, I got the saw. I put a blanket under... I knew I had to be rid of... He the body, but I... I didn't...
2: You have a
1: boyfriend? No, no, no. You did it yourself?
5: Separate packages in the heavy plastic. They were heavy, but I I made it out to the car trunk. Uh,
1: Yourself? Dumped all by yourself?
5: The the big one I I threw in the reservoir. A car came, frightened me away. I I drove around looking for another place.
1: I don't believe it. You have to. Where would you dispose of the other one?
5: Off West Bridge. I could show you.
2: Take her downtown. Booker, I want to look over the house and her car again.
5: I, I cleaned up thorough when I came back, and then and it was time again to go to work. Three years, mister, I tried, I worked, I paid. Hope, hope for three years that he'd leave, just leave on his own two feet and go away. It's my house. I pay, I pay. Am I happy? Am I proud? Did I need a man in good health who don't pay his way?
1: Well, you
2: didn't need to kill.
5: Did I mean to kill? It happened. It just happened that way. When I knew life was gone from him, all I could think was out. I wanted him out. He was too heavy to lift. I, I had to get him out. That's when I went to get the so I had to get him out.
1: Booker, get going.
5: Some no way.
1: Squad Room, the true-to-life enactment. Today on duty desk, as Lieutenant John Douglas, Win Wright, as Sergeant Allen... Dan Occo, as Cully, Eric Dressler, as Mrs. Stern, Bryna Rayburn. Squad Room is produced and directed by Wynne Wright, written by Peter Irving. All names are fictitious, and a resemblance to persons living or dead is purely coincidental.
0: Welcome back. I kind of suspect that uh, the details of the murder probably would not have been allowed on television in uh, 1955. It definitely felt in some ways more realistic, and certainly you kind of also got a, a feel for the police Attitude or attitude of the time towards uh, domestic violence, particularly when it was mutual. Which is, again, not something typical that you, we generally get in these uh, radio dramas. I did think one line was a bit off when the policeman told the dad who was wondering if the body was his son, We're anxious too. Why didn't you just tell him, uh, it, it may be a few days, we'll let you know, I, I understand. Because I think his anxiety might be a little bit different than yours. It was interesting that the FBI had the fingerprints on file. That, particularly these days, is not something that is always the case if someone hasn't a, had a criminal record. And they didn't indicate that uh, he had. However, there were a lot of people, you know, around in 1955 that had had service uh, during the war. So if you were working at war plants or you served in the military, the FBI would have your fingerprints on file. Of course, this episode does come to us from the Armed Forces Radio and Television Services. And uh, really, it's fortunate that they broadcast and operate because so much of our radio uh, heritage from the mid-1950s on is a result of uh, the transcription desk made by the AFRTS. I mean, we've heard so many episodes of indictment, treasury agent, police blotter, and squad room uh, that just would not exist would have no record of. In addition, there are a whole lot of episodes of Johnny Dollar and Dragnet that only exist in the uh form of the AFRTS uh disc, as uh, some of the network uh discs are a lot more scarce and uh, many of the the networks began to use tape more and of course you have the whole thing of recording over uh previous episodes which is really unfortunate for archival purposes. I also really did like the uh, little educational bit on New Caledonia from the FRTS, which I guess I can add to my list of places I'd like to visit in the Southern Hemisphere. I know that they thought that they were just educating uh, the armed forces on behavior and a little bit about the culture of a place where uh, they might uh, go but they actually uh, turned out making a travel ad that made it onto a podcast in the 21st century without even knowing it welcome to the great detectives of old time radio from new caledonia this is your host adam graham Hmm, maybe someday. Well, now I want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to James, Patreon supporter since March of 2020, currently supporting us at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, James. Well, that will do it for us uh, today. If you uh, do enjoy the program, be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you download your podcast from. We'll be back here on Monday with Casey Crime Photographer and then next Thursday, follow Vance. And then next Saturday, join us back here for Tales of the Texas Rangers. In the meantime, do send your comments to box thirteen at greatdetectives.net, follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash radio detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, son and all.